never too early to start talking about football. We're checking in with the ongoing college football video game saga and then talking with a modern NFL legend. It's Wednesday, June 28th. I'm Doug Greenberg filling in for Owen Poindexter and you're listening to Front Office Sports Today. Over the past week, there has been a ton of movement um, as it relates to EA Sports college football franchise here to get us up to speed on everything that's happening. Uh, with that is Amanda Kristovich and FOS reporter. Amanda, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, yeah, as I said, like this, it got suddenly the whole, you know, everyone was excited for the uh, NCAA football franchise to come back. It's been super highly anticipated. And then it kind of got thrown out of whack in the last week with some lawsuits. So if you could just kind of start off by sort of getting us up to speed on everything that's happened. Yeah. So two separate but related controversies, I would say, have come out of the EA Sports College football saga in the last couple of weeks. So um, reports surfaced about how much money EA was going to offer um, the football players in NIL deals so that they could participate in the game. Um, and the reports I'll tell you were supposed to be like one $500 check and then no royalties, which, um, multiple groups came out saying is below the industry standard because $500 for, you know, a check aside, not having royalties um, as part of your contract if you're going to be in a video game is like just somewhat unprecedented in um, in the video game space and the group licensing space in general. Um, so there was already criticism of the deal because of that. Then uh, a little over a week later, one of the companies that criticized the deal, which is a company that sort of facilitates group licensing for schools called the Brandar Group, filed a lawsuit against EA, not because they thought the deals were unfair or what the reports were saying were unfair. The lawsuit's over jurisdiction of like who gets to negotiate on the athlete's behalf. So the Brandar Group is saying that EA sort of circumvented their negotiating power, which is going to go straight to the athletes, already went straight to the schools, even though Brandar has negotiating rights over the schools and a number of athletes who have opted in to use their services. So uh, two big questions that we're going to have to wait and see what happens. And I know a lot of the immediate reaction, at least from what I saw on social media, was people are like, oh, no, the game's never going to come out and, and all that stuff. You know, is this actually going to affect the the production of the game or is it going to just affect the uh, the compensation? It all depends on what EA wants to include. EA could decide that um, they don't you know, it's too much of a headache to put the athletes in the game. They could decide it's too much of a headache to put a certain number of athletes in the game who are holding out, not opting in. You know, they haven't even started offering opt-ins for the athletes yet. They have been doing so for the schools. So it's all dependent upon, you know, what EA really feels like their customers are going to want and need. Um, the Brandar Group, I'm going to come out with a story about this soon is asking uh, a court to like essentially put a stop to EA working with schools and athletes that they um, that would theoretically be like under the jurisdiction of this lawsuit until the lawsuit is decided that could push the game back, but only if EA 
like insists on using those athletes. You see what I'm saying? So it's kind of depending on what EA wants. Yeah, no, I, I got you. And, and just real quick, you know, where does this all sort of fit in the, the NIL context? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the marquee example of the power vacuum that's been created um, without a players union for these group deals that in the pros are negotiated by players unions. There is no players union in college sports as of now because athletes aren't considered employees and other companies are jockeying for, you know, jurisdiction over players to be able to quote unquote negotiate on their behalf. But I think it's just shown that there's a huge issue over if you don't have a union, who's going to negotiate these sorts of deals? So Amanda, thank you so much. You are, again, you're an absolute superstar when it comes to NIL. Uh, Appreciate you explaining this to us. Thanks for coming on. Sure. Coming up next, Owen Poindexter sat down with a guy who I deeply respect, but as a Patriots fan, he broke my heart multiple times. It's Eli Manning, NFL modern legend. We will have that up next. I am joined now by Eli Manning and New York Giants Chief Business Officer Pete Gwelly. Welcome, Eli. Welcome, Pete. Thank you. Thanks, Owen. Great to be here. Eli, if you could go back in time, say five years, and hear the sentence, the Eli Manning show is coming back for a third season, how confused would you be? I'd be very confused. I was like, what, what would the show be about? And why, why do I have a show? And, and who were the uh, just geniuses that thought of that very creative name? Like, you know, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot can change in five years and a lot can change when, when you retire. Um, and, uh, and I didn't know, didn't have a game plan of ever doing content or having a show uh, with the Giants, but it's been a fun journey these last couple of years. Yeah, and Pete, how did this whole thing come together? Yeah, like when you've got someone like Eli on your roster who's been with the same team for his entire career and has had that success in a market like New York, it, it's pretty clear you want to find a way to keep him engaged. So, I man, I don't think it was seconds probably after Eli retired and gave his speech here at the field house, we approached him about finding a role for him in the organization. COVID stepped in. It took a couple of years to kind of figure out, but I think we both knew it was something we want to do was just trying to find that right spot. And I think, I think with the content we're producing for the Eli Manning show, that was the perfect role. Why, yeah. Why content instead of, you know, maybe he could be in a business role or, you know, making speeches to, to colleges and university, whatever it is, what, why this and not something else? Yeah. You know what? And there's, is a little bit of that. I think it's an integrated role. He's doing a lot on behalf of the organization, but this was really important. We were going to lean into digital in general. We knew we were going to invest in and grow our platforms pursuing next generation fans and broadening our demos was going to be important and then blending sports entertainment. And so we thought this show and Eli could be a catalyst and check all those boxes for us. And it has Eli, you have all sorts of athletes, celebrities, comedians on the show. Is there a certain type of guest that you're always excited to work with? Uh, no, I, I think it's, it's been fun for me to, to, you know, uh, just, just learn how sports have impacted people's lives and how, how passionate people are um, about sports and you know obviously i've done a lot of people in the new york area so it's the giants but it might, it might be the knicks it might be you know some someone else that's just uh you know a fan of, of sports and then you know they've made their career they've made uh their success in some other field yet there still comes back to a lot of it involving their childhood and being around a certain team or an organization and just to get them to talk about that and, and the role that it's played in their life 
um, that's that's kind of the unique thing and what so many people have in common. So to hear that side of it um, and to usually kind of make you know have some fun with that and with that attitude um, is is what's you know I think uh, made the, the show so fun. Both with this show and the Manning cast, it's got this super relaxed feel. I think that's the big appeal of, of that and shows that are similar. A lot of, you know, another kind of Manning cast like shows. But now that it's a more established thing, do you ever feel like, does it feel like more of a performance and not just, you know, okay, well, we're just kind of goofing around, see where this goes, talking about football with my brother or with whoever. Um, or, or is it just still feel the same? I think it still feels the same. And I think uh, that's because, you know, you know, a pretty similar relationship that I have with Peyton, I have with, with Sean O'Hara, uh, you know, the co-host and Sean teammates for seven years. He was my center. You know, the center quarterback is, is a pretty special bond. There's a closeness you don't really have with some of your other players. Um, and so he's still one of my best friends in the world. We hang out, you know, uh, with our families going trips. And so uh, we, we have, uh, you know, we, 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 have that closeness where we can get on each other, we can make fun of each other, and we're not going to be sensitive afterwards, even though we're making fun of each other for a live show that you know millions of people you know might see. And I think that attitude uh, keeps things very loose. Um, we we kind of once once we uh, start making fun of each other, I think the guest kind of is like, oh, I can make fun of y'all too, and 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 jump you know jump in the action, which makes them pretty relaxed and loose. And so you just you get a uh, we want everybody to look good. We're not trying to call people out. We want this to be fun. We want uh, for them to share their story, have some laughs, and uh, you know, make it a unique uh, experience that maybe they haven't done something quite like this before. I think you hit on something there, Owen, too. Authenticity is really key to this whole thing. We said from day one, let's just put Eli in some positions where he's comfortable. And what's been really eye-opening to me is I don't think there's a situation where he's not comfortable. You know, we've put him with a very diverse group of people. One minute he might be talking to Pete Davidson. The next minute it might be Michael B. Jordan. Next minute it might be Bill Murray. Might be an influencer like Destroying all across the spectrum, which, again, we want to engage a very diverse audience. And it's almost the, the more uncomfortable we try to make him, the more comfortable he is and the more he connects with these different types of entertainers and influencers. So that's been really interesting to see him kind of navigate all these different personalities, but he just maintains his and it comes off perfectly. Yeah, we've actually had destroying on this show. So I guess we have to work on Bill Murray and Pete Davidson now. <laughs> um, uh, and Pete, talk to me a little bit more about the production element of it. So, you know, what we see just feels like this very relaxed, you know, let's, let's throw Eli together with yeah Pete Davidson, Derek Jeter, whoever um, just feels kind of natural. Like maybe they'd be having this conversation anyway or something close enough. But, you know, obviously with all these things, there's a lot that kind of pours into it to make it feel good and, and to have these kind of gag moments too. So yeah, take me inside that world a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's a big question that we get is the production end of it. And people are typically surprised that we produce it all in house. You know, we've got a lot of talented people in the building and it was more about just kind of unlocking that potential and transitioning it into more of a digital space. Um, but it's really, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. Oh, and it seems to your point, it kind of seems like it's just happening, but these guys are prepping they're putting a lot of time in. They're ideating around guests and concepts and ideas and how they're going to engage. But then I think the best part of it is when you're in the moment, they start flowing. And that's when the I think the real magic happens when Eli's personality comes out and connects with 
you know, someone like a Pete Davidson or a Derek Jeter or a Jimmy Fallon. That's really what the true magic of the show is. So there's a lot of work and a lot of prep, but ultimately we want everyone just to be themselves and then we'll capture those moments and edit them down into something that we people can digest. And so far it's been very well received. And Eli, in some ways, do you feel like you're more part of the Giants family now that you're you know, continuing to work with them after your playing career? Because a lot of players, you know, most players don't really go to that step. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited that um, kind of get to a, a, just a different role and get to see a different side of the organization. When you're a player, you know, you're just you're so focused with just the coaches. You might have a little bit part with the community relations, uh, you know, the department. Um, and now you see this whole other world of kind of the production and and, you know, everybody doing, you know, sponsorships and, and, and the different relationships and impacts that um, different companies that the that the Giants are associated with and how it all works from from that side of it. So it's been uh, it's been fun to kind of just meet you know, all those new people, a new side of the business and to form relationships on this side. I had so many great friendships with people in the you know, in the film department, in the training room, in the equipment room, and then now come to this other kind of the other side of the building a little bit and and meet all, you know, a lot of people that are a little bit more behind the scenes and now you get to work with them and, and you know, kind of listen to how their mind works and different ideas that we can we can do with the show. So it's been um, it's it's been fun uh, to kind of be on this side and and um, you know get to you know meet some of these awesome people. Um, you know when we're doing the show, there's some of them that I know and some of them where you know, you know they gave me a little script of questions with Bill Murray. I'm like I don't need it. I'm a fan of Bill Murray. Like I got this. I'm gonna sit down. I have my questions that I uh, already have been thinking about for 15 years of things I would ask Bill Murray, and yet. And then the next one I'm with, you know, Fabio Farr and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I need all the information possible. I'm not, you know, up on my, you know, hardcore rap scene right now. So I need a little intel. And But both of those uh, are exciting. And it's a little bit out of my comfort zone being the guy asking the questions where my whole life I was the one being asked the questions. So to kind of have the flow of it um, and read a little bit about them and, and, and kind of form my own questions where hopefully you can get like kind of a funny response and get them where it's not just the same, uh, you know, kind of uh, interview that they've done before. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I watched the show, the Netflix show with Ken Golden about uh, collectibles and Peyton was part of that. And multiple times throughout that show, um, he, he just like, without being prompted brings up, you know, like they're looking at a Jersey, like, well, how much is Eli's Jersey is mine more? Like he doesn't care about the actual dollar amount as long as it's more than yours, whether it's a card, a Jersey, whatever, a ball. Um, I'm just curious, is that a two way street or is that basically just coming from him? <laughs> No, it's, I think it's, I think it's, uh, definitely there's like Peyton and I are competitive about things, uh, that you wouldn't think we would be competitive about. You would think we'd be like, you know, Hey, on, on, on the field and, and, and sports like super competitive with each other, but he's five years older than me. So we never competed against each other in sports. Um, we were, we were never like on the same team. We were never on the same league. We didn't play high school together. Like our sports world were different. We played against each other three times uh, in the NFL, and that was it. Uh, you know, I destroyed them in the Pro Bowl this year as a coaches, but like, we were competitive in that because it didn't really matter if we if we won or not. And so we are, yeah, we would be competitive about yeah, whose jerseys worth more. Where you know, it has no real effect on us. It's just you know, kind of the silly things where 
um, we maybe don't have any control over that we want to we want to win those those things. Yeah. yeah. And Pete, I want to hop back to that authenticity part you hit on before. And I think, you know, that that's been the big revelation of the Manning cast and a lot of things like it. Um, Was there kind of a a light switch moment when you realized that, okay, like this is something we can really tap into or or was it kind of obvious the whole time? I think it was pretty obvious, but there, you know, in the conceptual stages, initially we talked about something that might be a little more giants centric, right? Obviously it's Eli and he's got a lengthy career, but Ultimately, he's his brand is synonymous with ours, so we didn't have to force that narrative. You know, we thought the blending of sports entertainment was really the way to go, and the fact that Eli was hosting the show, it's going to have a giant spin, no matter what. And ultimately, our philosophy on here around content and marketing in general has been: look, if we create great content, if we have great marketing programs, that the business will flow from there. If those are things that we believe in and are right for our brand then the business will come and the revenue will come and the sponsors will jump on board. And that's exactly what's happened. So, you know, you create this show around Eli and, uh, you know, a hundred million views later and an Emmy award later, we've got partners lined up, great partners like Panini and Corona, huge brands and a seven figure advertising model behind it. So it was really, that's where the authenticity piece comes in, not just for Eli, but for the giants as well. And just give us a sense of the broader Giants content world, if you will. What, what else do you have going on? Uh, you know, a lot of it is based around the team. You know, it's interesting. We've got great people on the performance side, right? Joe Shane is a GM and, and Brian Dayball is our coach who are personalities of their own. But, you know, when we were going through the interview process to bring them in. One of the conversations that I had with both of them was this entire business now is about content. Content's about access and access is about trust. And I don't have three years to build up trust with you guys. I need you guys to trust me from day one. And if you do, we're going to do great things together. We're going to be able to promote the Giants brand in a way that everyone is going to be happy with. They bought in. And obviously, we've got guys like Eli who bring some additional credibility to what we're doing. And so now the access that we have allowed us to give us a peek under the hood and provide content for our fans that they've been wanting for years to come. Just a great example is if you go back and look at some of the things we did around the draft this year, you know, we built a new war room. It's a, it's very technologically advanced. And they gave us every opportunity to go in and tell the story of how the draft was conducted this year and give Giants fans a look at what we're doing probably deeper than they've ever seen before. So that's kind of been the authenticity of what we're doing and the foundation around the access of what we're doing have really been the two key components to everything. This stuff almost feels like the new thing you have to have, you know, you have to have a Twitter feed, you have to put stuff on Instagram, now I have to do it with TikTok, almost feels like now you have to have some kind of behind the scenes, like let's, let's uh, team up with, you know, a former player or whoever, someone who is emblematic of the team to bring you inside this world or to just bring you on for a ride and, and have fun and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you do agree, but that's what I love about this show and working with Eli, I don't think anyone else is doing anything like this. Uh, if they are, I haven't seen it, not from a team perspective. Again, we've got a lot of things going for us and Eli is the perfect person to have doing this, but to be connecting sports entertainment the way we have, producing it ourselves, airing it on our channels and growing our business, I don't think anyone else is doing it. So that's really the challenge, Owen, is kind of you know reinventing the wheel in some ways. So yeah, of course, these access shows are important and we've got to have them. We need more than we ever had, but Things like this, this show and having Eli be the front front person on a show like this is just something that I, that's what I would have never thought of, you know, five years ago. How do you even pull this off? And you've got to have someone like him in the brand like ours with 100 years of equity and all the success to really do it at this level. 
All right, Eli, I want to focus on you for the lightning round. So I'm going to give you a bunch of questions, um, mostly not sports related. There might be a couple in there, but um, let's start with favorite movie. Uh, Caddyshack. Oh, uh, yeah. Bill Murray again. All right. Artist or band you are always happy to listen to? Um, uh, Luke Combs. Place you have never been to that you would like to go to? Africa. Uh, any particular part? Mm, Zimbabwe. Okay, great. <laughs> um, favorite football play that you were involved in, not in a Super Bowl? Uh, uh, hitting uh, Monty Toomer, 2005, first Denver, uh, kind of a walk-off touchdown. Um, it was a lot going on with the organization. Um, uh, Wellington Maris kind of final game that he was able to maybe you know, be alive for and, and watch and a uh, really special moment. Next one. Uh, for some reason you decided, you know, going back in time that you didn't want to play football. What other sport would you have gone for? Uh, well, I'm too, I can't jump. I'm too slow. Uh, I don't hit very well. I'm, I'm not a great bowler. So uh, probably badminton. All right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, badminton's great. You know, I mean, you see those Olympic badminton players. They're, they're otherworldly. Exactly. Movie or show that you only watch because of your kids, but you actually like? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, I watched, well, I, I've watched The Lion King a lot lately, and I, I like it. I mean, I was around when Lion King came out, but... It's like a fan favorite of my little four-year-old. So we've been we've been uh, we've been watching a lot, a lot, and I, I enjoy it. Last one. You have to sing a song in fr- start to finish in in public. Which song are you picking? Who? Uh, probably Footloose. Ooh, okay, very nice. Are you a karaoke guy? Uh, I was big karaoke guy. It's been a while, but uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm I'd say I'm a fan. All right, Eli Manning, Pete Gwelly, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Great to have you. Perfect. Thanks so much, Owen. Thank you again to Eli Manning for coming on the program. That was an awesome conversation. Uh, before we get out of here, quick reminder that tonight is the NHL draft in Nashville. Uh, generational player Connor Bedard is almost certainly going to go number one overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. But that's all the time we have for today. Thank you again for joining me. I believe this is my last time hosting this week, so I will be handing it off uh, to some of our other great writers. So thank you all for having me. And we will catch you again next time on FOS Today.